we have felt the Spirit today. So praise God for that. And I hope that you are getting a good view from Scripture on who the Holy Spirit is and what He can do for you. He, he is another helper who is just like Jesus. One of my professors at college used to define the Holy Spirit in this way, that He is the extended earthly presence of Jesus. And that's why Jesus could say to His disciples, it's better that I go away, because then I can send to you another helper who is just like me. And that helper that He was referring to was the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I hope as we have been in now in this series for nine weeks that you have seen the presence of the Trinity and, and to come to know that they are all for each other. The Father says of Jesus, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. I love Him. And so always God was pointing people to His Son. But the Son was all about the Father. He came to represent the Father. And He said, I can't do anything on my own initiative. The things that my Father wants me to say, that's what I say. And the things that my Father wants me to do, that's what I do. Jesus said in John 17, 4, speaking of the Father, I glorified you on the earth having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. So while Jesus was here on the earth, He was all about the Father. He was pointing people to the Father, and He was pointing people to the Spirit. He said, it's best that I go away so that the Spirit can come. But what was the Spirit doing? While he was here, he, he is pointing people back to the Son. John 15, 26, Jesus said of the Spirit, He will testify of me. John 16, 14, Jesus said, He will glorify me. That simply means the Spirit, He will magnify me. He will give honor to me. The Spirit was not about Himself. The Spirit was all about Jesus. I was talking with my friend Max Self about this, how all three of the Trinity are for each other. And he said this, and it just kind of caught my ear. He said, it's like they are all three dancing with each other, and they have invited us to be a part of the dance. I like that. I can't dance worth a lick. (laughs) But I want to get in on that dance. That dance between God and Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. I want to be a part of that dance. And the beautiful thing is, all of us can be a part of that dance. They have invited us to be a part of that dance, regardless of our skin color, or our nationality, or our IQ, or what economic bracket we are in, or how tainted our past is. God has invited you to be a part of that dance. The big question is, will we say yes to Him? Will we say yes to His Son, Jesus? If we say yes to Him, then He gives to us the Holy Spirit to help us. And and for all of these weeks, we have been talking about the different things that the Holy Spirit does for us. He He is one who is able to multitask. 
That is for sure. He convicts us. We talked about that a number of weeks ago. He, he convicts us of wrong. When we do the wrong thing, He lets us know about it. And also, He is convicting us to do what is right. He can open our eyes to the good that we ought to do. And I would imagine, for each and every one of us here today, if we have a heart for God, then we have felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our heart. Something else He does for us. He comforts us when we are going through hardship. And we, we all go through hardship. And oftentimes that hardship is much bigger than what we are. And so we need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He is our peace amidst the storms that we face. We desperately need His comfort. We said, too, that He assures us of our salvation. Paul the Apostle said it this way, He's God's seal of approval. In other words, the Holy Spirit testifies to us that we are God's child. He wants you to have confidence that you're on your way to heaven. He promises us heaven is ours because we have put our faith in Jesus. Now, if I stopped right there... What I have said to this point is enough to say to me that the Holy Spirit is an incredible gift that God has given to us. He convicts us. He comforts us. He assures us of our salvation. To me, that is a great big wow. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit does even more than that for us. He empowers us to witness He gives to us the boldness that we need to speak the truth to others. Jesus has commissioned us to win the world to Him. To go out and make disciples of of all nations. And and sometimes we look at that great commission and we, we become overwhelmed with the thought of that. How can we do that? Well, the way that we can do that is through the power that the Holy Spirit gives to us. He doesn't send us out there on our own to to try and win the world by ourself. No, He is with us. And He will empower us. He gives to us boldness in our witness if we will look to Him. On Easter Sunday, we talked about the resurrection power. We said that the same power that the Spirit used to raise Jesus from the dead is available for us today as we face temptation. To put it simply, we do not have to give in to temptation. Now we do, and we always will, until the day that we die, we will give in to temptation, but we don't have to. And hopefully as we grow in the Spirit, we will become more and more victorious over the temptations that come our way. Because He provides for us resurrection power. We can win over temptation. We just need to trust Him. We need to follow Him. And Tim, two weeks ago, talked about the Holy Spirit leads us. John 16 says that He will guide us into the truth because He is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit will never lead us astray if we will follow Him. And last week I talked about how the Holy Spirit wants us to grow. And He's 
there to help us grow in the character of Jesus. There are nine character qualities that He wants to help us grow in. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are what we call the fruit of the Spirit. And those character qualities can be ours if we give the Holy Spirit full access to every room in our house. And I am not talking about the physical house that we are living in. I'm talking about this house, our bodies. That if we give Him access to our mind and to our eyes and to our tongue and to our hands and our feet, our heart, our pocketbook, if we say to Him, Holy Spirit, You take over. You, I want to have the reins in my life. Then the Holy Spirit can help us grow into the character of Jesus. And we desperately need that. And so may that be our prayer. Holy Spirit, please take control. I give you control of my life. Would you fill me to overflowing? Would you fill my life? Would you affect my family? Would you affect our church? We need you, Holy Spirit. I have something more for you today that the Holy Spirit does for every believer, and it's exciting. He brings to us gifts. Here's another way to put it. The Holy Spirit, who is a gift to us from God, brings gifts with Him when He comes to live inside of us. He does not come empty-handed. He comes bearing gifts for each of us. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through seven. Today I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. I just uh, like how this particular translation treats this verse and makes uh, this passage. It's, it's so easy to understand. Verses 4 through 7. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. I have a feeling that there are a lot of us here today who do not fully understand the concept of spiritual gifts. And I will be honest with you, I don't fully understand everything there is to know about spiritual gifts. There are questions that I don't have answers for. And so for me to teach you today about spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit, I need the Holy Spirit to lead me. I need His guidance. And probably all of us need to have the Spirit help us open our minds to the truth of God's Word. You remember, that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does for us. He leads us into the truth. And so as we listen today, could we have a prayer within our own heart and mind? Lord, would you open my mind? Would you help me to understand about spiritual gifts that your Spirit has in store for me? 
Let me give to you some basic facts today about the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. The first one would be this. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have been given a spiritual gift. Maybe you have been given more than one spiritual gift. Who is it that gives to you these gifts? The Holy Spirit. According to 1 Corinthians 12, which we just read, verse 4 said, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Verse 11 is equally clear. It says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. You can't get any clearer than that. The Spirit is the one who gives us gifts. But it is important that we see the whole broad spectrum of Scripture because Romans 12.3 says that it is God who gives to us the gifts. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 says that it is Jesus who gives to us the gifts. Hmm. Is this a contradiction in Scripture? Is, is this a problem in Scripture? No, not at all. It's simply a reminder to us that the presence of the Trinity is there in the, in the dispensing of spiritual gifts to God's children. God gives us gifts. Jesus gives us gifts. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts gifts. They are all three working together to give to you and to me a spiritual gift or gifts. The fact is, if you are a believer in Jesus, you have been given a spiritual gift by God. And you might say to me, Kevin, I I don't know what my spiritual gift is. I don't even know what the gifts are. Well, there are a number of them, and it's very possible that what's listed in Scripture isn't even a complete list. But in your bulletin today, I have put an insert there that has listed the different Scripture references where spiritual gifts are talked about. And I have listed for you those spiritual gifts that we find mentioned in Scripture. And I want you to know, after Mother's Day, the Sunday after Mother's Day, I plan to spend the next six weeks talking on the subject of spiritual gifts. And we will talk more specifically about some of the gifts. Now, I will say with certainty that we will not be able to cover all of the gifts in those six weeks, but we will be able to cover some of those gifts in those six weeks, and hopefully that will whet your appetite to a point that you can search out what your gift is. Nobody here today who has the Lord in their heart, who has the Holy Spirit in their heart, can say, I don't have a gift. I, I've been overlooked. Now, now, Joe over here, he's probably got three or four gifts. He's multi gifted, but I, I just I, I just don't have any gifts. I, I'm gonna go eat some worms. You know, no nobody can say that. 
everyone who has the Spirit living inside of them has been given a spiritual gift. Ephesians 4, 7 says, However, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. The fact is, no one has been left out. No one has been overlooked. Every believer has a gift that is suited just for them. It is handpicked for you by God, by the Spirit, by Jesus. I was talking with a fellow in one of my Bible studies recently. He has been having a problem with plantar fasciitis, which I'm told is a terrible, painful thing to deal with. It's, if you don't know what that is, it is an, an inflammation of the tendon that runs the length of your foot and over the heel. And one of the things that he has done to try and help himself with this problem is to go to a, podi- to a podiatrist, and that podiatrist has made a mold of his foot. And then that mold has been sent off to a company who in turn has made an insert for his shoe, a a sole, an insert to be put into the sole of his shoe. And that insert is made just for him. And it's to help him. It's to protect his foot and it's to help with the healing process. And as he was telling me that, and later I was thinking about that and thinking about this particular part of the message, I'm thinking, you know, God has done just the same thing for us. He has fitted us with a spiritual gift that is just right for us. It's molded for us. It's perfect for us. There is nobody that knows us any better than God the Father and the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And so He has given to us a gift that is just right for us. Your gift may be the gift of encouragement. Somebody else's gift may be the gift of service or or the gift of teaching or, or the gift of giving. He's not going to give to you a gift that doesn't fit you. Your gift will be right for you. And when you discover what your gift is and you begin to use that gift... You know what's going to happen? You're going to experience fulfillment in your spiritual life and others will benefit from it. That leads me to my second point. The Spirit has given you your gift to use. In other words, you are not to sit on your gift. You are not to ignore your gift. You are not to neglect the gift that is within you. And that is exactly what Paul said to the young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. He said, do not neglect the spiritual gift that is within you. Chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, verses 6 and 7, Paul reiterated the same command. He said, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. For God has not given to us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. In other words, God has given to us everything that we need to use that gift 
that is within us. He has given to us His Holy Spirit. He has given to us His power from the Spirit. We need to use the gift that God has given to us. I looked up that verse from 2 Timothy 1.6 and several different translations. The New American Standard puts it this way. For us to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. The New Living Translation puts it this way. And remember, this is Paul speaking to the young Timothy. He says, fan into flames the, the spiritual gift God gave you. The New King James Version says it this way, stir up the gift of God which is in you. The message is the same. That we are not to sit on that gift which God has given to us. We are not to let that, that gift sit dormant in our life. Rather, we are to use it. And, and, and don't you think this would be true? The more we use that gift, once we discover it, the more we use that gift, then the better we become with that gift. For instance, the one who has the gift of teaching, the more he teaches the better teacher he's going to become. The one who has the gift of encouragement, the more we use that gift, the more we encourage others, then the better at it we will become. It's not hard to figure out who has what gift if they're utilizing that gift. And the reason I say that is they shine at it. They're really good at it. The gift is a natural fit for them. I see my good friend Larry Paddock sitting back here. And I am 100% confident of what gift Larry has. Larry has the gift of service. He, if you know Larry, he can do about anything with his hands. And so God has taken that natural talent of his and God is using Larry to help others. Larry has the heart to help people. He has the ability to help. And if you know Larry and have been around him, he's just constantly helping people, serving people, giving of his time, giving of his talents, all to the glory of God. And you know what? As Larry uses his gift of service, three things are happening. And this will be true for anyone who is utilizing their gift. Three things happen. Number one, God is glorified. Number two, people are encouraged. And number three, Larry is fulfilled as he uses his gift to the glory of God. Those three things happen every time that we utilize the gift that is within us. God is glorified, people are encouraged, and we ourselves are fulfilled as we use the gift that God has given to us. I, I'll give to you an instance of somebody else using their gift. Jenny Shepherd. I told you this morning, keep your ears open, Jenny, because I, I was going to talk about you. She didn't know that I was going to talk about her. Jenny, I am 100% sure what her gift is. She has the gift of encouragement. And, and if you 
know Jenny, and if you're here in this first service quite often, you if you get here early, then you'll see Jenny. She's one of the, the early birds who comes, and she's like a little butterfly just fluttering around this whole room, and she is talking to people, and she is encouraging people, and she is spreading joy, and she is smiling. She has a good word to say to people. She's giving out hugs. She's welcoming people. Whether they're new or whether they're, they're ones who have been here for, for years and years, she is welcoming people into this church family. And it's because of people like Jenny that I received this note in the mail a few weeks ago from one of our new members. Let me read it to you. It was actually addressed to the church staff, CCC staff family. Thank you for welcoming us as new members in this new church of ours. It is amazing the love you feel inside this church. Most sincerely, Ken and Yvonne Hogan. And I appreciate you sending that to us. But what I appreciate too is that you are helping that kind of thing to happen. You are welcoming people. You are encouraging people. You are loving people. And Jenny is certainly one of those who's helping that to happen. She's an encourager. But she she encourages not just through what she does here on Sunday morning. There's another way that she utilizes this gift of encouragement. I, I I would be curious to know how many notes, how many cards, how many letters Jenny sends out in a week's time. You know, she, she helps keep the post office afloat. <laughs> and, she, and Hallmark loves her. She encourages people through the written word. And I don't know how many times through the years I've received a note from her just thanking me for preaching the word. For preaching the truth. For not compromising the truth. For teaching her the word of God. She's saying, Kevin, thank you. You know what that does to me? That encourages me. That, that just lifts my heart. And she does that for a lot of people. I know that, that on a Sunday morning, if there's people up here on the stage that are singing and, or giving a testimony, and, and uh, oftentimes she'll, she'll be calling the church office the next week and getting their name and address and, and sending them a note. She's an encourager. She's using her gift of encouragement. And you know what happens? The same three things are happening when Jenny is using her gift. God is glorified, people are encouraged, and Jenny is fulfilled as she faithfully uses her gift to the glory of God. I'm encouraging you, each and every one of you, to discover what your gift is and begin using that gift. And when that begins to happen, you will flourish spiritually. And over the weeks to come, we're going to offer to you some opportunities to understand better how to discover your spiritual gift. We'll do that through sermon time. We're going to do that through the ABF hour as well. One final point for this morning. The Holy Spirit has given you your gift to use 
for the benefit of the body. I'll read to you two passages of Scripture that make this point very clear. 1 Corinthians 12.7 A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. 1 Peter 4.10 from the New Living Translation says it this way, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Your gift is not for you. Do you hear me say that? Your gift is not for you. It's for the benefit of others. My gift of preaching is not to make me feel good. Rather, it's to help you. It's to build up the body. Your gift of giving is not to get a feather in your own cap. It's to build up the body of believers and increase the kingdom of God. Every gift that is given is for the benefit of others. The Lord compares His church to a physical body. And it's easy to understand why. The members of our physical body exist to help the other members. If I'm doing some carpentry work and got a hammer in my hand and I'm swinging that hammer and I hit the wrong nail, what am I going to do? I'm going to dance around for a while, but I can about guarantee you I'm going to drop that hammer and this other hand is going to come to the rescue of that fingernail that has been hit. And that's that's what happens. uh, That's what the members of the body are for, to help one another, to come to the rescue of the other. These fingers are not for themselves. They do not exist for themselves. They exist to help the body. They are to straighten all the hair you know, on my head. <laughs> or they are to use to grip things and pick things up. I can pick a fork up and, and feed myself because these fingers exist to help the rest of the body. And we could look at each member of the body and see how it all fits to help the rest of the body. Each member has a function, and if that member is not functioning, the rest of the body feels the effects of that. The same is true with the spiritual body. You have a gift. You are a part of the, the, the spiritual body of Christ. You are a part of the church. You are a part of the family of God, and you have a gift given to you, and if you are not using your gift then the rest of the body suffers. There is something missing from the body. Just think how much more efficient the church body would be if every member of the body were functioning. Your gift of hospitality helps the body. Your gift of intercession helps the body. Your gift of faith helps the body. Your gift of wisdom or knowledge or whatever it is your gift is, it is to be to to the benefit of the body. And note in the list of gifts, there is no such gift 
as pew sitter or chair sitter or church attender. In other words, there is a whole lot more to the Christian life than just coming to church on a Sunday morning and sitting in a chair and, and being here for an hour and then going home. What if we're a non-functioning member? Well, the body suffers. I've already said that. But here's something else. If we are a non-functioning member, then probably one day we will have to try to explain to God why we didn't use the gift that He gave to us. Read the parable of the talents and you can see that God holds us accountable for that which He gives to us. Rick, mentioned this in his prayer around the table this morning. To him who has been given much, much will be required. And so as we conclude today, I just want to say to Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. What an incredible gift he is to us. And as we pray, let's let's pray that we as individuals within the church body, would understand what our gift is, that we'll use our gift. That If we don't know what our gift is, that we will diligently seek to discover that gift with a mind that we're going to use that gift to the glory of God and to the building up of the body. We are not about ourselves. We are for Him And we are for each other. Let's pray together. God, help us to discover the gift or gifts that you have given to us through your Spirit. Help us in these weeks to come to have ears to hear have understanding to have a commitment to being a better more functioning member of the body of Christ and we pray this in Jesus name